Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone, live from our own home studios, all three of us this time. Uh, I'm Brian Fulford, that's Kelvin Rozier, and he is Kofi Hemingway. Uh, We are the uh, ONG Triumvirate of Rattlers, uh, live on the Black College Sports Network. The ONG Strike Zone, dedicated to Florida A&M University Athletics and Culture, uh, we love Mother FAMU, and we we are here to just kind of talk about everything, the good, bad, sad, and, uh, and, and other stuff that goes on as it relates to FAMU and FAMU athletics. Uh, before we get going, I'd like to toss it over to my guys, see how they're doing over the past week. Kelvin, how you doing, my man? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm doing really well. Uh... Got a lot to talk about, a lot going on in Rattler Nation, and um, I'm ready to get into it, man. Good to break bread with the brothers and everything, and Rattler Nation as usual. Yes, indeed, Kofi. What's good? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? No complaints. Surviving. Got my voice back. Doing well. Good, good, man. You looking good, man? Feeling good? It's all good. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Let's go. I want to remind you all to uh, uh, make sure you've downloaded the uh, Jericho Broadcast Network's app, MyJBM, MyBCSN. Make sure you're following our show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. And you see right up there in the top left and top right. And if ever you have a comment or want to send us a note, just uh, reach out to us via email, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. Maybe a little bit later, we'll tell you our personal Twitter feeds if you want to hit us up on Twitter or something like that. Uh, you can always drop a donation to the show right there at the top. If you're watching us on YouTube or if you're on YouTube, right there at the top, pinned to the top, there's a, a link there. You can uh, drop us uh, whatever's on your heart, and you know, certainly appreciate it. Every every donation helps keep this show going thank you to those of you who have contributed already to the fund and uh if you're watching us on facebook uh, i know we've got that link posted uh on our twitter feed so uh shout out to the folks on twitter as well as the folks on uh youtube who are watching the show uh wherever you are make sure to hit that like button 
hit that like button. That that lets uh, lets the algorithm uh, do its thing. It also keeps us going. Go ahead and share the show. Got a nice show for you today as uh, we're going to get into talking about a whole host of things. Like Kelvin said, man, we there's a lot going on. A lot of, you know, even though the on-the-field stuff is sort of coming to a conclusion, uh, as softball team, their season ended, uh, baseball team is coming up towards the end, track and field is, you know, we got a couple of uh, runners that are competing in nationals, but in terms of the overall team, that's done. Golf is done. Uh, so, you know, we're winding down uh, with the 2021-22 season, but there's plenty of stuff going on in preparation for the new year, obviously. And uh, we'll coming up a little bit later in the show, we'll have our head softball coach, Coach Constance, Constance Orr, will come on, and we'll get a chance to talk with her uh, and sort of get the, the end of the season recap. You know, she was nice enough to join us prior to the start of the season. And, you know, don't let, you know, sometimes people get caught up in records. And obviously the record of the season may not have been what we wanted, but they still had a very good season. Softball had a very good season, played a very tough non-conference schedule. And so we'll get a chance to talk to her about that. What did I just see scrolling across the top? Was that, was that our, oh my gosh, Mel, to put our stuff out there. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just happened to look at the screen and I saw, I said, what the heck is that scrolling across the screen? Um, and then also we heard from our interim AD, a man of the people himself, Michael Smith, who uh, had, um, I, I don't even know what we can call. We'll, we'll, we'll call his, uh, his, his media, his debut uh, in front of uh, Rattler Nation earlier today as uh, Kofi has to step away for a second. Um, he, he spoke to the 220 quarterback club today and, and shout out to uh, Vaughn Wilson and uh, Mega Ace Media for putting that together and putting it out there on YouTube. And, and I think it was great. I, I think it was great from the standpoint they got a chance to uh, to interact. So uh, where, where do you want to go, Kelvin? You, obviously, I put both of those in segment one. We can talk about the roundup with baseball obviously, or, or we can get into t- kind of talking a little bit about um, Mr. Smith's, uh, I, I don't know what you call that, Q&A with the 220 Club. Yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, luncheon at the 220 Club and um, some, of the, some of the things that were discussed there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I will admit some of the some of the names I didn't. I watched it, and then I honestly I had a class, so I I only got through halfway, and then I went back and watched it the, the rest of it again, and um, so some of the names might escape me, Kelvin. You are probably more familiar with some of the names and people that were there with him. I, I will say first impressions on what I liked. I see why Michael Smith has been tabbed for now the third time as the interim AD. He carries himself very well to the FAMU, um, to, to FAMU, for FAMU. Uh, I, I, I like to call him sort of a man of the people because 
he took questions that really, as I'm listening, I'm sitting there like, holy cow, is this what it just it just goes to show, Kelvin, that what's important to me, what's important to you, what's important to Kofi ain't always important to every Rattler. And there are so many things that people are uh, are worried about. I mean, from 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 Greece getting on cars at the tailgates to uh, the, the 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 seat backs to to the spacing in between the bleachers and man I tell you it, it was like <laughs> he took those bullets man and I and I I came away with so much respect because of the way he answered every question and it was just like well you know if I don't have that answer I will find it out. And he knew you could tell he knew people by names because it was uh, Miss Miss uh, Miss Johnson uh, Miss. I, I'm just going out names, but I, when I say man of the people, I say that with all respect and love. But I, I, Michael Smith is a man of the people, Kelvin. Uh, what, what was your takeaway from what you uh, what you saw today? No surprises, and like you, I I, I like um, in a sense from because of where we are right now as a program and what we are following, um, Michael is seasoned. He understands fam you, um, and what it takes in terms of operations and so forth going into the fall. Uh, so, and Regina battle, who was there, uh, who's the ticket manager had, who had been a ticket manager for many, many years. She's another person that's very, um, um, experience, and, and and you can trust you can trust what they say. They're gonna respond to things. They kind of know the history. They have that institutional knowledge, and um, they're responsive. They don't, as you can, as you saw, they don't duck and hide um, from questions, no matter how big or how small or who it's from, for that matter. To be honest, um, whether it's a big time donor or just Joe Blow from Ryan O'Connor, man, they they speak to everybody. They don't dodge, and um, they're not going to shoot you a lot of game, right? You can like what they say, or you can dislike what they say, but but they're going to tell you the truth. So um, I'm comfortable in that sense um, um, with with them back in the fold. And I have to say, they they are really good people, also. So I want to give Nate flowers on that part of it. But uh, in terms of uh, the room and the questions and so forth, it was no surprise. Uh, given the audience that was there. So, uh, you know, you, you're not going to get any big vision things, you know, P3s and and the presidential, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the, the search process and, and you know, you know, we like to get into the juicy stuff, right? But in, in that, mm-hmm. in that, per, in that form with, you know, the audience that was there, as you can tell, they were about game day. Is my parking yeah. going to be there? If so, if somebody mm-hmm. sitting in my seat, who I go get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I done paid my money. When can I get my tickets? You know, uh-huh. that's just that's that audience, and and and, and having been there and dealt with them, both professionally and personally, uh, you, you have to be responsive to those folks. They're good folks. They're very engaged, and um, if you don't uh, answer them or respond to them, you hear you hear that too. So. It's better to go ahead and deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kofi, what was your what was your takeaway from what you saw of uh, Michael Smith at the two twenty club? 
<laughs> Boy, there were there was a few. I wish I had thought Ms. about Walker? saving. Miss Walker. Miss <laughs> Walker. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Colonel. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Colonel. Yes, sir. Miss Walker. Yes, ma'am. Again. Uh-huh. Right. Yes, ma'am. Listen. So <laughs> this is a layer of fam you that you have to address if you're going to serve at FAMU. You have to address, you have to respect the, 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 the old school generation. Somebody asked, when does the 220 club meet? They meet every Wednesday, every Wednesday. It's like a bridge club. They gonna come together, they gonna fraternize and they love FAMU. They gonna put their money where their mouth is. Yes. Even if it's $25 a week, they're going to do it because uh, they love Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. These are Jake Gaither Rattlers, so they're not used to losing. Uh, they like to win. They know what they're looking at. They know quality. Um, they came up at a time when we had to yeah, fight for literally. Can you hear me? I'm, say that again. Yeah, say, I'm sorry. Say that again. Which era are they again? Say that again for folks. Gaither era. Yes. yes. Rattlers. You know, when we didn't lose a whole lot. Mm. You know, so they've seen a whole lot. They've experienced a whole lot. Um, they know what it's like to win. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of knowledge back then about how we got it done, but this group really does love what happens at FAMU. They serve, many of them have served at the highest of levels at FAMU. They have tons of connections. They know each other. They know the good, the bad, and the ugly about each other. Um, you know, you had Tommy Mitchell up in there. Tommy Mitchell gave this little quote about the boosters and everything and how they shouldn't be shortchanged. And I'm sitting up there like, okay, well, what? You know, <laughs> like it couldn't have been me. I'm, I'm just telling you now that could not have been me, you know, and Michael Smith, just for the record, he's always been articulate. He's always been well-spoken. He's not a dummy. All right. Um, he's not a dummy and he's kind of short like Courtney is too. So I think they tried to give us the open note for that, but um, really, <laughs> Really, when it comes to uh, what we need right now, you know, <laughs> you have to be able to communicate with the Miss Walkers. Miss Walker, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, Miss Walker. Yes. You have to be willing to respect the Miss Walkers because those are the people without a cell phone, without social media, can make your life a living you know what. You know, if you don't handle them and uh, with respect and honor, so it's you need those people because they can engage and they've got also resources um, that that are beneficial to you. Uh, one of the failures of the Courtney Gaucher uh, administration—I don't want to say failures—but one of the things that they had a problem with was their game day operations, especially the during concession stands. You know, oh, you got 20,000 people. 
and one concession stand per side. Now, you had two years to plan for it now. Two years. All right, I'm not going off tonight. I'm being peaceful because we on a fast. We, uh, we had two years to plan for it, okay? But nevertheless, they could only find one concession stand. Now, I'm just sitting up here like, how in the world does that happen? Do you know who you're dealing with? Now, and don't we have obviously, services or something? Isn't there a whole host of vendors right up the hill in that student activities? Well, anyway, you go know, ahead. unfortunately, unfortunately, when Courtney came in and got rid of a whole bunch of people, those people had ties to the people that had the vendors and all that other stuff. So it, it really, I don't think he understood, again, the dynamics of what needs to happen especially on these are your game day people that you're going to be relying on to make sure that things get done and you follow through you cannot do these things without right relationships you need these relationships in order to follow through and carry out your agenda now the good thing i'm gonna say this and i'm turning it over what are you about to say brian well i was going to say the the, the one thing we got to remember gauchet's administration only really had the one this past fall as their game day operations planning. Because when he came in, obviously what? The pandemic occurred, which took away a whole year. That would have been even worse. They they were clearly, again, you cannot do these things. Like people think that you just come up there on game day and it's just, spoke. no, it's conversations, it's relationships, it's security, it's vendors, it's concessions. It's all of this stuff, you know, and you have to take in account <clears throat> um, even your game day programs, your, um, you know, preferably your runners. These are things that have to be engaged uh, and you have to have conversations about from a strategic standpoint so you can put on the best possible operation. It cannot be a one man operation because you're talking about dealing with 20,000 plus people in homecoming, it was 33,000 plus. So you, you have to be, you have to have the mindset to say, okay, how can we serve these people properly? Now, let me say the good thing, because I've been asking for this for a long time. I'm happy that whoever put together the little town hall meeting, that we had the darn town hall meeting. I've been asking for months for the town hall meeting. And I think that if we had had the town hall meeting around about January, February, a lot of the stuff that we were going through, we would not have had to go through. If we had even had it on a consistent basis, back as far as September and even October, a lot of this stuff would not have happened the way that it happened. And we might still have Courtney as our AD if we had been able to iron through a lot of this stuff. We might have been able to continue. Well, I ain't going to go all the way there. But a whole lot of people would still be in position had we had the right conversations at the right time. Kelvin, how how do we, obviously you, you have dealt in the, and, and seen and witnessed the game day operations of things. Um I, 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 dude, I had, I had, I don't know where I was going with my question to be perfectly honest, just lost my thought, but I think it, the two things that struck me in that conversation or in that, in that meeting that happened, one was an actual number was given to the amount of seats we would lose. Now, prior to the construction, 
Bragg Stadium, I believe, had was in the ballpark of 24, 25, 25, 5. 25, 5. 20. Okay, 25-5, yes. And, of course, we've known that on homecomings, they've always upped it and been a way to finally get anywhere close to 30 or 29, whatever. Um, two things that came out. One, now, it was it was talked about as far back as the spring game that the new construction was going to affect a number of seats. No one really knew what that number. Remember, Kelvin, you and I talked about that when we stood out there on that very cold morning and did a pre-show before the Orange and Green game. Uh, and we saw that press release get dropped on a Friday at 6 o'clock. And finally, a number came out, and we found out it was – now, this wasn't an exact number, but it was somewhere in the ballpark of 3,000. 3,000 seat, yes, would be decre- – there would be a, de- a deduction of about 3,000 seats. Now, again, that's not an official number. That was just a roundabout rough number that was given – um, in that section, which means a lot of folks who sit in those sections are going to be displaced and moved to other places. That was the inevitable inevitable part that was talked about. Yes, yeah. Um, and another thing that came out about that, though, was something that was said that people glossed over it. While people were definitely shocked or maybe upset about uh, 3,000 seats missing, it was said, and I, I don't forget, I forgot the lady's name who said it, but she said, other than homecoming and maybe the Southern game, regular season game, over the past several years, FAMU has not really missed those, would not miss those 3,000 seats, meaning that we haven't really sold out 25, our full capacity. We've gotten in the low 20s before. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelvin. Like, I hands raised. Go ahead. I, I okay. may have, uh, Did I hear that? correctly so so on that uh west side which we we refer uh, affectionately as the alumni side um sections d e and f which basically run from like the 40 to the 40 um those seats are generally sold out the seats around them are not some of the you know that's where a lot of our season fans are some of them not, not able to come to every game because of conditions and so forth. But those seats, just because they're not physically there, meaning they're not sold in those three sections, that has long been the base of our season tickets, number one. And then I, I kind of want to talk about why are we missing 3,000 seats on that side and, instead of a smaller number, because this was a decision that ultimately was made. Uh, and uh, they didn't want to, you know, throw anybody on the bus, but I, I'm going to just be transparent. So our former AD, uh, along with uh, our current president, uh, made a decision uh, with that plat- whole platform thing as well as having a seating area for their guests um, mm-hmm. at, at, at the games. So that seating area, the platform took up several roles, and then having those the ability to go from the uh, president suite or the 80 suites to the actual stands and sit, have a sitting area beneath that platform for, to entertain, to fundraise, they say, and I'm finna really dig in on that one, but uh, that's what they said. That's what they said. It came out in the actual. Yes. That's that's what they said. That's 
that's that's why the number is larger than what it should be. It was not initially intended to be that way, but a, a decision was made that they would have an area that's pretty massive to entertain. Now, what do I call that area? I'll call that area the freebie VIP area because all that is to me is is more room and extra for people who who got plenty of money who should be buying these season tickets and and everything. Say, hey, you know, I want access, or even if they pay, they're gonna have friends and and uh, uh honorage that they want to get in free and so forth. And um, hey, I'm just looking at the history of uh our program, and I don't recall any particular game where we've had uh entertain somebody and got a significant six figure check or anything like that uh at, for for athletics. You know, so I'm saying if they gonna took all yeah, those seats up, yeah, if they don't took all that space up and so forth, whatever entertaining they need they, they doing that entertaining need for family you have legs, not for the university itself. And um, and I'm just put that out there. I, I'm not a big fan of that expanded area unless they selling it so that you know fans can be a part of that process. But but the the, the you can't tell me that you having this space so you can entertain and fundraise because I hadn't seen it. I don't believe it. Well, as it was said in the uh, in in that two twenty club, the reason you haven't seen it is because who uh, I wish I had the quote that she said. Um, if uh, if you want the sponsors, then you got to have a presentation uh, that makes it look like the sponsors have something to give or, or they they're giving to something of value or something. I'm paraphrasing. Go ahead, Kofi. Go ahead. Go ahead. Me, 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 me. <laughs> All right. One time for the fam C students, the fam C alumni, because they the ones that's going to get displaced. All the fam C's that's out there. Fam C, fam C. I love thee. All that other stuff. Um, I'm going to call that section the BS section because I've not known Dr. Larry Robinson to raise a ton of money anyway. So now he's going to start. He can barely even do the Rattler Strike chat without pausing and stuff nonstop. It just makes people cringe. In my opinion, we need to put old Fred up there on the scoreboard and just ride out with that rather than have him to stumble through that uh all this time anyway he does not like to get in front of people he barely likes to fraternize with people but he's gonna be the one to get out there and raise that money come on and you know courtney's not even here anymore mr gochet so you know where is that then here we go you've got we've not had a full real swag season of football um as a home schedule you know uh, now we're getting Southern back in town. We're going to have Alabama A&M. That's going to be a big game. Albany State's going to be bringing a plethora of people down for that game. That does not include homecoming. That's going to be a big game. You know, I don't know what these people were thinking. Then we got Jackson State coming in next year. And this is Dion's first trip back to Tallahassee as the coach of Jackson State if he's still there. But I'm just saying, that's going to be a crazy game. You know, we're hosting them. That'll be bigger than the Southern game. Plus, uh, homecoming and whoever else we bring in. 
So thinking these things through, you know, these are these are things and scenarios. And this doesn't even include if we host the SWAC championship game. You know, we host the SWAC championship game. You know, what are we going to do? Are we going to raise up some end zone seeds? Uh, what is the plan in terms of um, move? What do we call those seats? Those movable seats? Um, Why would we have to do all that? Setting up additional seating, huh? We don't have to do that. The year that Alcorn State hosted Southern in the very first SWAC championship game at, uh, you know, what was that? They had uh, end 20- zone seating. Yeah, but there was still did oh, I well you talking about the lawn? The lawn? No, they set up seating in the end zone. They set up okay. additional seating well, in the end zone. I I had read that there was only really about twenty two thousand. Now I, I don't have I'll go back and who knows, I'll go back and look at the, the box score, but I don't think there was more than twenty five uh in that game, and it was still a packed house, all corn and southern. You know, so it's always packed because they're right up the street from each other. But my point is, yeah. my point is, as as we prepare, you have to have a vision and a mind for the future. You have to have a mindset for it. Like, what are we going to do? This 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 <laughs> this has to be talked about, you know, again, because this affects, you know, um, the number of tickets that you're probably going to sell. Now, obviously, homecoming, we're going to still have the number of people that we normally have some kind of way because we still have that whole standing room only section back there where people are going to pack in and people are going to stand up um, X, Y, Z. But it's, it's puzzling to me um, as we prepare to go through just, you know, just the thought process. Um, with somebody who didn't even list athletics in their whole vision statement. That's a whole nother conversation. Well, let me. All right. Hey, uh, hey Brian, Brian, let me wait, just wait, add. Wait. They, one they minute, did, one minute before we got to. Yeah, yeah. They did Go say ahead. that that platform area that they have uh, that they're going to use this year for, you know, as, as an extension to entertain, that it is designed for them to be able to add suites. Um, for you know, maybe the next season, or the season after, but that part is unfunded at this point, so we don't know um, if that would happen and how soon that would happen. But to me, that has to happen, and that revenue for those suites that they add to that platform area from this year has to make up for that those two three thousand seats where we lose losing guaranteed revenue, um, and it needs to double and triple that. To be honest. So that that's that's what we need to be thinking about, and I hope that you know our alumni association leadership and our university leadership and our athletic leadership think about is about revenue for athletics, people for athletics. That is all. You said it. You said it as if the money might go elsewhere. I'm always concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, we wonder why. All right, let's take a break. Two-minute break. Coming up on the other side, we've got our head softball coach, uh, Coach Constance Orr. She'll give us a uh, recap of the season and what the look ahead for the future is for our Lady Rattlers. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. 
At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. <laughs> It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there.
Hey, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin and Kofi here. And joining us live is the head coach of our softball team, Lady Rattlers, finished up another season, another amazing season. Uh, first season in the SWAT, Coach Constance or Coach, how you doing? Thank you for coming back and joining us here on the ONG. I'm well, thank you. Thank y'all for having me. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, Coach, as we, you know, we had a chance to have you on at the beginning of the year, and now here we are at the end. Uh, what are your first thoughts as you think about this season in its uh, totality? Um, my first thoughts are we we finished we finished well. Um, I know we didn't get the outcome we wanted or that we expected, but for us to have a uh, mostly new team and um, the girls just to learn our system and our culture at FAMU, um, I think we played very well. We had a lot of good things show this season, and I'm excited for next season. It, it almost feels like there was, and obviously this sounds a little, I mean, it, it is what it is. There are two seasons. There's your non-conference and regular season. Um, and the non-conference was, uh, it, it, it was brutal. I mean, there were a lot of tough opponents, but there were some very good game. When I say brutal, not like brutal in terms of the outcome, but just in terms of the opponents. And we hung in there for uh, over half of those opponents, very winnable ball games. And so I look at how we performed in the SWAC, and I felt like that was, a setup. Did the non-conference do what you had hoped it would do for you going into the SWAT season? It 100% did. Um, it, it made us compete from the first inning to the seventh or however many innings it took us to win. I know we had a couple extra inning games, um, but it, it just gave us the confidence that we're going to dominate and do what we need to do outside of our conference and we're going to transfer that to our conference. Um, and I think we ended our preseason very strong I know we had that walk-off win against Jacksonville like a week before conference started and we peaked at the right time all right Calvin I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked you before the season started in terms of the SWAT conference your first time around you you mentioned and we all expected there was more parity in the SWAT versus the MIAT which was a little bit more top heavy but uh having actually gone through that um, tell tell me your impressions of of the swag just in general and that that parity, and then also where do you think your team squad? Because I think I only saw three or four seniors on this squad. So, what do you think you need to finish at the top of the swag um, going into next year? Um. Well, first of all, the road trips and the swag. Whew, they are rough. They were long. They were uh, a bunch of back roads, a bunch of small <laughs> cities that we had nowhere to eat. We were just, we were just lost. Um, but other than that, I loved how competitive. <laughs> I love how competitive it was. Uh, every weekend we had to play our best ball. We couldn't take any weekend off, and that was great for us. And that set us up for success. Um, we ended the season five hundred in conference, and for that, for our first time being in this conference. And not knowing what to expect, I think that's a great start. Um, and, yes, we did lose three seniors, and we're bringing in four freshmen. Um, we're trying to finalize a couple couple transfers. So we're bringing in athletes to replace the athletes we've lost and continue to make our team better. Um, 
And I think this next year, it'll just be trusting ourselves, trusting the process, getting comfortable with everyone. Um, like I said, more than half of our team was new. We had a lot of starters in our new new people that were starters in our lineup. And um, just just understanding, coming from junior colleges, just understanding how Division One is, coming from other teams, or just being able to learn your teammates that you have on the field with you right then. So I think a lot of um, a lot of that. Once we get settled, we are we are settled. Once we're since we're settled now, I think next year will be much better. Um, but yeah, that swag, that swag, those those road trips. Yeah, <laughs> we still got to get used to those. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I feel like there's a I feel like there's an off camera story there, Coach. I can't wait to meet in person. There'll be some <laughs> nice stories to tell, I'm sure. Uh, go ahead, Kofi. What do yes. you got? <laughs> well, I mean, even outside of that, you know, um, at the at the home softball games, does anybody get grease on their car when they be tailgating and everything out there? <laughs> we try. We if try. I come out there it. and I tailgate at the softball we... game when I get grease on my car. <laughs> we try to control that. You might get hit with a ball and from a home run, but hey, that's all we can do. For okay. You. <laughs> No, but seriously though, um, in terms of next level, you know, just visionary, you know, just for the program, um, obviously taking over for uh, Coach Veronica and and this being the first full year with that. Um, what's what's next? Obviously, we we got recruitment. What do we need to do to bring our program to a championship level in the SWAC? Um, I would say mostly just uh, instilling that championship mentality in our in our athletes. This year, I think when we got there, we were just taking it all in, and we were we were trying to figure out what's going on. We played a lot of teams that we did not see. Both teams that we played in the SWAC tournament, we didn't see them at all that year. Um, so now that we're prepared and we we know what to expect with these teams and going to the SWAC championship, and know that we need to step it up a notch, and nobody's just going to lay down for us just because we're FAMU. Um, that'll that'll take us to the next level. Right. So even when they say softball for, you know, because I'm not a big baseball softball guy in terms of strategy, because, you know, explain how different teams um, basically approach the game or their styles of play uh, as opposed to what we normally try to do and then what they try to do. Because uh, it's, it's more than just this hitting and pitching, right? Right, right. It's a mental game, and and uh, a lot of teams try and use that mental game against you. They try and get you out of your zone. They try to get you to you know lose your composure a little bit, and so that's going to be us being able to be the more disciplined team mentally and still playing like we know how to play and shut people up with how we play versus our actions. Cool. Hey, Coach, uh, for, for kind of add on what Kofi's saying for people who aren't familiar with the softball culture, um, I thought your team was very connected. I, I mean, in, in the sense that between the the the, the clips that you get, the, they seem very connected in just, I mean, for example, the game against Florida State, uh, which got broadcast, uh, we had a lead in. I thought that was a winnable game, uh, but – they, they would go to clips of the team dancing, hanging. I mean, there was a lot of enthusiasm. And if you've never been to a softball game, I'm telling you folks listening, you're missing out. No one chants better than the Rattlers. I'm telling you now, 
No, I don't care who's out there. Maybe I didn't. I didn't have to go to the swag tournament. No one chants better than the Lady Rattlers. So, Coach, tell people a little bit about that culture and just your team. Because trust me, when I, the game I came to, the team from Mississippi that was in the other box, they weren't doing all that. They were real quiet. Now we were beating them, but they were real quiet over there in the box. So, it, just talk a little bit about that for people. Right, yeah, that's our identity. Um, dancing, singing, I think we went viral. They have a stroll that they made up. So, you know, how sororities and fraternities have their own strolls. Family softball has a stroll as well. So we went viral with that this year, and that's our identity. Um, as long as we're having fun, dancing, singing, I know we're going to play well. But the minute we tighten up, that's, that's when we have to get back to our game. Um, but, yeah, that Mississippi Valley game, they uh i think they beat us the day before and they got us a little bit out of our comfort zone and you know we were quiet and then we had to go back and regroup and be like look nobody's taking us out of our game especially not on our home field so um we had to shut them up real quick with our bats and they're a great team but um once once we did what we were supposed to do and hit the ball how we were supposed to and pitch like we were supposed to teams don't have anything to say love it i love it i and i and i tell you this so i never heard if you never heard the who let the dogs out in slow motion, it's in a chill down my spine. I, 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 that's all I'm going to say. If I could record it, you know what I'm talking about, Kelvin. If I could record it, I'd put that on my phone because that was epic. Uh, somehow we're going to have to have that young lady. When we do the tailgate, I'm going to have to have the softball team do that shit in the background. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just letting you know now. Um, Coach, talk a little bit about you had a couple of all SWAC performers in Destiny Cuevas uh, in terms of uh, a hitting and then Christiana Beasley pitching. Talk a little bit about those two young ladies uh, and, and just their performance this year and what they meant to the team. Yeah, they were they were tough for us all year. Um, Destiny, she finishes the conference season above, hitting above 300. So that's awesome. That's always a great batting average when you're above 300. Um, she just stayed, stayed quiet all year. She trusted herself. This is her first year being a, a everyday starter. And I think she just blossomed. She blossomed and she took what she could and took advantage of her opportunity. And um, she led her team offensively. And that's all we could ask for with her. She's a great leader, um, great kid. And you can't ask for anything more, but to come back and do the same thing or better. That's all I'm asking from her. Then um, you got Christiana Beasley. She's a transfer and she came in ready to go. She, she came in ready to learn ready to compete, ready to see what she can do on this level. And she shut a lot of batters down. Um, that was the talk of the sweat. Number three, like who, who's pitching today? I hope it's not number three. So she she did her job and we have some work to put in in the off season so we can get back to where we need to be next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Kofi. How many pitchers do we need to realistically compete for an NCAA title, would you say? Top level pitchers, like number three. We have we have three coming back and we have two coming in. So I'm gonna say five. That's how many pitchers we need. Shondo, let's go. <laughs> nice, nice. Kelvin, go ahead. Let's go. Coach, talk about the uh I know it's kinda early, you just finishing this uh your season here, but uh I know that what what are you doing? What are you expecting your team to do first for the summer? And then I know you generally set up uh, at least uh, four to six games in the fall for for the fall um, 
spring, I mean, fall practice, um, to getting ready to go into the, to the spring. So kind of talk about that schedule, the summer schedule, and then what you, what you'll be doing, what you want your team to do and so forth going into the, uh, to the fall. Yeah. Um, for the summer, what we told them was rest. I know, I know as soon as season's over, everybody's like, oh, I got to get back out there and fix what I didn't get done this, this season. But rest and recovery is the best thing they can do for their bodies right now. We played, what, um, 50 games, 49 games. I'm sorry, we played 49 games. So 40, 49 games within a three-month span, that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. So um, just making sure they are doing the right things, resting, recovery, so their muscles can be strong enough next year to get through another full season. Um, but once it gets closer to the fall season, just getting back into it um, slowly but surely, we give them little weight training things to do over the summer. So making sure they're staying active, but also not overdoing it to where they're tired and can't get through a full season for us. Um, and for me, it's just the it's just the mental mental reset. Um, I'm already writing down stuff daily, just plans, stuff that pop up in my head. Just you know, just trying to make be better for my team um always be better i'm never gonna get complacent there's always something to learn no matter how good you are but um that's that's really all i got going on but for the fall we will play eight games we're allowed to play eight games so we'll try and get a full eight game schedule in the fall just so we can we can get a good feel of how the team is who we're gonna play with get that good team team chemistry back up hey coach uh I don't, you don't have to get it give any trade secrets or anything but uh, have you had a chance to co- talk to Coach Wiggins now that the season is over? And what kind of advice, what, what, did, what did she say to you that you can share? Uh-oh. Sniper, sniper stop get, sniping. Got, to, get, <laughs> to get sniped right, right is, did we lose her right there? Hold on, let me give her a second to see if she uh, is able to log back in. We might have lost Coach Orr right there. When uh, when you asked that uh, that question there, uh, Kelvin, see, we, we were we were digging, we were digging a little too far there, and got sniped. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I'm, no, we, got, I'm no, back. we got it. We we got to hear that answer right I'm back. there. I, I heard where the question was going, but I didn't hear the whole question. Okay, so I was just asking about uh, now that the season season is over, have you had a chance to talk with Coach Wiggins? about anything and what did she share with you that you can share with us um i'm gonna be honest with you i have not spoken to coach wiggins as of yet and i know she every day she's been itching to call me but she's gonna make me call her first um because that's that's just how she is so i know she's gonna have me call her first and she's gonna say i was just giving you time um (laughs) but yes i will get that phone call in at some point this week and i'm sure she will let me have it like she always does Hey, uh, coach, but, uh, who would you like to scout me? You know, I don't know how scheduling is done for softball, but you know, you, you had a very healthy schedule. I mean, of, uh, some of the the top teams in the state, I, I, by my count, you played all the big dogs in the state. Uh, is there anybody that you would like to schedule, uh, or like to have an opportunity to put your team and your program up against for next year? Wish list kind of thing. Uh 
Yeah, wish list. I definitely any any top twenty five team I would love to play. Um, just just to get that competitiveness, just to get not saying that we don't get it in our conference, we get it in our conference, but the teams that our our ladies are watching on TV day in and day out, we I would love to be able to compete with some of them and just give our girls that exposure as to this is what they have going on. They put on their cleats, they put on their jerseys, they put on their pants just like us. So let's get to it. Nice, nice. Um, Coach, got a lot of people in the uh, chats asking how they can support the program. What What's the best way for people to support the program? What What are kind of on your needs wish list that uh, we, we should be looking out for to try to help out the program? Yeah, we're – our coaching staff is in the process right now, actually, of getting together a wish list because we're going to reach out to more alumni um, – and look for that support more this year. I think with this past year, we just had a lot going on. And, you know, we, we're now we're prioritizing other things since things have slowed down. But um, reaching out to me would be the best option. My email is constance.org at famu.edu. Or even I'm, I'm open to calls or text messages. My cell phone number is 704-458-6467. And it's also on the bottom of my email signature as well. My cell phone number is. All right. All right. Go ahead. Uh, okay. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, I, I don't know, we'll, we'll make sure we get that out right. So Constance.org at FAMU, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, anything, Coach, that we didn't get a chance to ask you about or anything you want to, anybody, anything that you that we didn't get to ask you about that you want to say here as we, as we get ready to close, I, I'll turn it over to you and, and let you talk to uh, Rattler Nation. Yeah, no, nothing that you uh, that I want you to ask, but I just want to thank everyone for the continued support. Um, I know we had a lot of our social media uh, exploded this past season, and I know that's because of you all. So I want to thank everyone for continuing to follow us and support us and look for better, better things next year. All right. Hey, you got right. any, well, thank you. you. Got, hey, hold on. You got anything to sell? Because that, that gear was fly, man. I, I I got my money we, ready, man. We still got a whole bag full of merchandise. And we'll, okay, we'll get, it, we'll get we more got stuff next year. Okay. Yeah, you got to let so us I'll know. See. I mean, those jerseys are tight. Yeah, thank you. It's so definitely the best dress for having seen. Very nice. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, uh, folks, make sure you uh, reach out to uh, Coach, and we'll make sure we uh, – send her information out as well. Again, Coach Award, thank you for coming on. Congratulations on the season. Uh, bigger and better going forward from here. So uh, we look forward to following the team. And then, like I said, we'll, we'll work that other stuff out when uh, when, when we come up and do the, the, the live tailgate. You know, we have the squad <laughs> and the chance that we get going from there. So uh, appreciate right. your time, Coach. We no all have a good thank summer, you. okay? Thank you. All right. Thanks, all Coach. Right. Coach Constance or and want to want to let everybody know uh, in case you know you maybe picked up on it uh, and, and want to reach out. Uh, Coach is uh, C O N S T A N C E dot O R R C O N S T A N C E dot O R R at FAMU dot edu. That's how you can reach out to coach and support what kind of need guys, as you look at the program and you look at facilities and then they got a nice facility, what kind of things would you put on the wish list for coach 
what kind of things can we kind of anticipate that you'd like to see added to the program out there? More support uh, staff probably would be one thing um, to make sure, you know, that they got the, 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 the trainers and the, uh, uh, the grad assistants, folks who can do a lot more of the operational stuff. Um, I know that there was cash only in terms of ticket sales this year. I know there's some investment being made in the infrastructure, but uh, to have a PA system at the field, because we don't have one there or at softball or baseball. So to get a PA system would is would be probably high on the list, um, as well as uh, technology so that, you know, you can have, uh, uh, you know, Wi-Fi and all that good stuff. Are the portable speakers weren't working, Kelvin? Is that what you're saying? No, that, that that's 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 high schoolish. We better than that. The square they they, they the deserve square, better than that. We didn't have a we, we didn't have a square app to do credit cards. I'm just well, just yeah, with the te- just the technology, man. We just bottom line is we just did not have the infrastructure and technology. So we need to we need to work see, on that. You know what? You know what's funny, Kelvin? You say that, and I I love the way you say that. Because, and this just goes to prove how disappointing it is that it's not in place because there are high schools using it. There are high schools doing the very things that we should have in place. There are high schools in Tallahassee that are doing the things that we should be doing and have set up. So, yeah, yes. That along with the sunshade over the stands so that when it's hot, uh, it's raining. We can have some shade, you know, over those steel, uh, I'm sorry, aluminum bleachers. Just little basic things. Nothing that hasn't Let's been see. thought of before and, and, you know, nothing that has not been tried to get funded before. But that's where we need our athletic uh, and, and and executive leadership to to um, help help us to come into the, the century now because it just doesn't make any hey. sense not to have those things. Do you ever follow uh I know you follow Rick Rattler on Twitter, right? Yes. And and when you see him post those photos from back in the day, and you see like facilities still looking like they did back in 1970 and 60 and 80, because my man has a treasure trove of images that he pulls up. And I'm just I'm scratching my head sometimes and I'm like, wow. You don't know, over so, exaggerate. Don't over exaggerate I now. Am, it, don't look, <laughs> it don't look like those pictures, man. The campus is beautiful. It's transferred. It, it, it is. Transferred I know. A lot. I know. Her I area, know. she actually got you know the batting cages and stuff covered and and the turf field. Yeah. So it's actually nice. We just ain't it finished is. it off. We right now I, we got a we we got a Ferrari in the projects. <laughs> Running on with Hyundai rims. All right, let's right, uh, right. let's take a break. Come back, get into a few more topics. Open up these phone lines because I know you folks are out there itching. Those of you who watched uh, Michael Smith's uh, Q and A Town Hall with the Two Twenty Quarterback Club, we'd love to hear your thoughts, what you thought about what you heard and saw. Um, and uh, a few more issues coming up. Uh, we got to talk about baseball on the other side uh, as we come up to the final home series. So let's take a two-minute break. 
Top of the hour. Come back with more on the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't worry, Ma. We'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. (laughs) Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate pride. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty vs. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. want to thank you all for watching us on Facebook and Twitter. If you're watching us live, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button there while you're in the chat room. I see uh, many, uh, many of our regulars there. Uh, Dr. Lori uh, is in there. See Jay Stokes. Uh, let's see. Who else do we see? The regulars that are in here. Uh, Tamara T. Uh, Kenya Sykes in here. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else do we see? Any of the G Dub, huh? T Mathers, double uh, O T in the house. Yes, sir. Montre Bennett, uh, Mary three o five, Bobby Calhoun. Um, thankfully, nobody has seen uh, uh, the Jackson State troll who you know hit me up on invaded my dms with that you know just be uh, trolling me uh we haven't seen him yet 
So, you know, don't wish nothing ill, but, you know, it'll be okay if he's not in the chat room. So it's all good. Karen Griffin, uh, there she is, always in. So appreciate Thanks, all of Stokes. you. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, j- you can see our Twitter handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff scrolling across. If you're watching us live, we're on replay. Uh, go ahead and make sure to follow us, uh, our personal uh, info. But make sure you're following at ONG Strike Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Edwin Moore, shout out. See him in the house. Uh, Kenneth Rozier, I think that's family. Marching 100 Paparazzi, great follow uh, on YouTube, definitely. Shout out to the 100. Uh, always, nothing but love. And uh, everybody else out there, I'm sure there's somebody I might be forgetting. I'll make sure to give you a shout out as I see you. A little bit later. All right, so let's get into this baseball as we as we start the top of the hour real quick. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, I thought we had avoided you, Jeremiah, but somehow you snuck in there. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a disappointing weekend series against uh, the team from Mississippi. Uh, we have lost, if I'm not mistaken, we've lost five of six this season to uh, to JSU. Uh, for some reason, we just can't seem to solve, you know, but we're, we might be the only team giving them wins in the swag. If I go look at the standings real quick, um, my God, and that takes me off. Yeah. The doggone, the, the, the buggers are 13 and 14 and five of those wins came against us. I mean, damn, that sucks. Uh, so Anyway, fam, you lost a uh, swept though. And this is couple, we're going into first place. We're in first place, sitting in first place. Uh ended up having to play a doubleheader on Saturday. Um close ball game. We gave up three in the first, battled back to tie it up in the top of the fifth, and then uh gave up a home run in the bottom of the fifth. Uh they took a four to three lead and carried that all the way to a victory. Uh Hunter Beats ended up with the loss. Uh, he, his record dropped to seven and four. Then on the second part of that double header, uh, well, let me see. I thought I had it pulled up. Uh, we ended up losing nine to two on the second half of that double header. Uh, DJ Wilkinson ended up uh, with the L in that one. Uh, that was a game where we gave up five runs. And the bottom of the fourth, uh, after grabbing, we started off with a 2-0 lead. Uh, and then we just gave up three in the bottom of the third, five in the bottom of the fourth. And pretty much that was all she wrote. The bats have kind of gone quiet on us. And then it got even worse on Sunday, falling 13-2. to uh, Another two big run innings gave up four in the bottom of the fourth, seven in the bottom of the fifth. Um, so not a good day for our starters and, 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 and fellas, I'll, I'll tell you much like what happened with our basketball team going into the SWAC mints, I'm already worried about seeding and running into, I don't know if we'll run into uh, what I can't be worried. Come on, Kofi. Come on. Stop, Look at you, that's, your, that's your life story. Worried, worried, worried. You always worry about everything, man. Worry. We're going to win my or lose, dog. man. Worry ain't going to change, does it, man? about that? Uh, Stop worrying. We ain't uh, worried. Right now, right now, FAMU sits. 
it's three games out of first place. Alabama State, 21 and 6 overall in conference. FAM is 18 and 9. We are uh, three games out. Bethune Cookman is actually one game behind us. So as it stands, we have to sweep Bethune, which we have already done. And Alabama State would need to lose all three just for us to have a tie in the SWAC East. So pretty much uh, the next win by Alabama State, who they're playing Alabama A&M, who's in fifth place right now, nine and eight overall. That will put uh, Alabama State in the first place spot. I think we need to win two of three against Bethune in order to secure the two spot in the East. Yeah. What does that mean in the West? Prairie View and Southern are sitting at 18 and nine. Texas Southern and Grambling are both sitting one game out at 17 and 10. So this weekend, anything can happen over in the West. And I, and I say that because the way, the way it all works out, obviously you have uh, E1, 2, 3, 4 play <coughs> West. So we would play, if we stay as the two seed, we would play West 3 in the tournament. Am I right on that, guys, Kelvin? Two, yeah, three. We would play three in the West, correct, as a two seed. Right. Um. So this weekend, Preview A&M is playing Texas Southern in a series hosted by Texas Southern. Allcorn's traveling to Southern University, so Southern should essentially win that series, probably. Grambling is traveling to UAPB. Yeah. What do you, what, what, Kofi? What do you want to say? It's all about the tournament. You know, we just need to play well. Yeah, but cheating matters. Cheating matters, though. It does Does not. It does does not. Apparently, it does does not. Yes, it does. And here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Jackson State, Jackson State was undefeated last year. Undefeated. They had not lost a game. They got to the tournament. They didn't win it. Everybody's talking about, well, man, they need to. Got to the championship all that game. Stuff, all that seeding stuff does not matter. You've got to, you got to finish the deal. It doesn't matter who you play. No matter who you line up to play, you got to get out there. You got to kick tail. All right. I do think if. I do think it matters, though, in terms of momentum. So we do need to win the series against Bethune. I, I do I do think that may have some carryover carry effect. And let me just point out that we have, uh, I believe, four losses against Alabama State and five losses against Jackson State. We only have 10 SWAC losses, period. So nine of them is between two teams. So... We avenged the Alabama State of previous four losses with a sweep. We still haven't resolved the Jackson State um, issue yet. But uh, on paper, it appears uh, that we are we match up well with pretty much everybody uh, we come against except Jackson State. So that would be the one team I would want us to avoid, and we should be able to avoid until – 
later on in the series. But but Kofi, what I was saying is um I do think momentum does matter, which we had until this this weekend. You know, we'll get it back. We haven't we haven't we've only lost two series in the last six weeks. And they and they has have both to be Jackson State. Everybody else we've we've taken care of. So as long as we take care of Bethune this weekend at home, then I'm not I'm not, you know, too concerned. I, and I, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I, I, I feel like I'm, I like to give people information. Uh, you better not be bringing no with, bad news. Don't I'm be bringing saying, no bad news. Nobody, nobody in the East has played anyone from the West in the regular season. So we, we have played not Grambling. played. What are you talking about? And so. Okay. Uh, that was at the beginning of the season. The, you said nobody even, played them. Lion tail sitting up there in, trying in to the spread regular, bad news. In the, in the conference season, over the last 25 <laughs> games, hey, hate you at times, Kofi. Over the last 24 games. Yeah, like we ain't uh, on our job, man. Like we ain't knowledgeable. Yeah, like, like no, we, ain't, no. we done beat Gremlin and something. We, we ain't going to let you get away with that, Brian. We can't do that to our audience. I'm, uh, you're right. You're right. I'm, okay. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. Um, great points, guys. Let's go. Game times. This is actually a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, folks. So tomorrow at Moore Kittles Field, 5 p.m., we play Bethune. Um, 5 p.m., uh, Friday is a 5 p.m. as well. Saturday's a 1 p.m. And then we head out to Birmingham, Alabama for the swag. What I want to know is, uh, is Rattler Nation going to be in attendance? Um, I, I, I really wish that this was a game that even if it's not being shown, I wish there was a way to hear the game being called, but that's another thing. But anyway, uh, you can follow live stats. You're muted, thankfully. So, um, Live stats is the best way. So I, I I hope he muted himself, Kelvin, or either I. Or no one can hear me. One of the two. I don't know. No, nah, he he just yeah. he just lip he he's, he's lip singing yeah. what he want to say to you. <laughs> I I got you. I got you. Okay, okay. Uh, um, you guys are a trip, man. Let's uh, let's transition to something here. Um. Recruiting news. I'm, I'm trying to find. Did you got your recruiting news pulled up? I know our. I know Marcus had sent us some stuff. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna pull up my recruiting doc information that uh, Marcus sent out. Um, as we go around the horn, I know he sent some info on not only. Uh, let's go through basketball because I don't know if uh how much of this has kind of gotten out lately or if if folks hopefully folks have been paying attention uh women's basketball picked up uh an incoming transfer from charleston southern university i believe a couple of weeks ago a young lady by the name of skyler baltizager baltizager hope i'm saying that right uh she's a 6-2 uh post from orange park florida um, when she, uh, attended Charleston Southern, uh, average actually 7.2 points, 5.8 rebounds is a true freshman for, uh, Charles for, uh, Charleston Southern. 
So she's kind of coming back into the state of Florida. Uh, so that's good for her. Um, and then I believe we also picked up, oh, I'm going to mess this name up. I see it now. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm going to do my best here. She's from Canada. Mide Oriyami. Uh, she is a Purdue transfer, uh, attended Purdue University, uh, voted in 2018-19 an Ontario Scholastic Basketball Association All-Star second team. Um, she went to Northeastern University and then, I guess, transferred over to Purdue. But uh, now she's found her way, uh, fam, she's a six-foot guard forward. Um, so that's a little bit size. Uh, one player that we did lose, uh, apparently we did lose Anijah Harris. Uh, looks like she uh, is in the transfer portal. I don't know where she actually has ended up going. Um, kind of doing a quick route. Yeah, so Miss Harris uh, is transferred out this past season. She was the second leading scorer on the team, 14.8 points a game, third on the team in assists, 1.3, fifth in rebounds, 3.6 a game. So uh, lose lose Miss Harris, and then we pick up two new players. Um, on the basketball side of things, uh, I see three new incoming transfers for basketball program. We've got a Jordan Tillman, a 6'2", um, a 6'2 wing, 6'2 guard, came out of Connor State College, which is in Oklahoma, averaged 16.6 points a game, 4.9 rebounds, 5.3 assists, uh, shot 37% from the three-point field. Also, a 6'6 guard forward, Jalen Bates from Gaston College. Uh, is from Birmingham, Alabama. He averaged 13.5. Uh, while at Gaston College, 6.4 rebounds. And then a 6'4 guard from Tallahassee Community College, Byron Smith. Uh, not only is he from Tallahassee Community College, but he also went to high school at PK Young in Gainesville. Uh, one of our assistant coaches actually was uh, was a standout for PK Young, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so there's a there's a tie-in right there, but also uh, Tallahassee Community College, and we know they always uh, have some good players over there. Uh, Average ten points a game, three point eight rebounds in his uh, single season at uh, TCC. Uh, departures: Who we lost? Obviously, we knew we lost Keith Littles, Johnny Brown. We think we talked about him last week. Um, Jameer Williams and Javon Smith all the portal, uh, all uh, portal departures. Um, and uh, speaking of basketball, did you see MJ uh, at the, uh, doing Cinco his thing buckets. at the Chicago? Yeah, Cinco Buckets doing his thing at the Chicago draft. I think it was like the G League draft uh, prospect camp. And so he was actually uh, doing pretty good up there. And so uh, shout out to him. Uh, hopefully, there's an opportunity to play professional, if not here in the States, overseas. And, and I think that's uh, I think that's where he's his eyes are, are looking. I, I'd be shocked if he comes back to uh, to fam. I, I think 
the uh, the overtures of professional life are calling him. Any any thoughts on that? Uh, as usual, I think you overstating it a bit. Um, he has a good opportunity. Um, he actually, you know, seems to be doing okay. Uh, but uh, he's left the door open. He doesn't have an agent, so he's left the door open to be able to return. Um, I don't know, you know, what his prospects overseas right now, you know. So we'll, we'll just have to see on that. I do want to say, though, both with the women recruit and the men recruit, um, I do – I'm a little more op- optimistic than usual with who we have coming in because these players coming in play significant minutes and they were productive. They were double-digit rebounds or, or uh, du- you, know, you know, decent scorers. Uh, on the men's side, you know, um, the guys were, were scores where they coming from. On on the women's side, the young lady uh, was was a fr- is actually played as a freshman and averaged I think about seven point five points and eleven rebounds. And she's a big. We we need size, and so we we got size. So I'm a little optimistic. And in terms of that, um, I do think um, we lost about a couple two guys in particular. I thought could have been good contributors for us on the men's side next year in Johnny Brown. I like his game. He's a, he's a shooter, a, a streaky shooter mm-hmm. and long and he was young. So, so I, I, I thought he was somebody who could develop. Uh, Jamil Williams was probably our most athletic prospect, but he was just never healthy here ever. You know, I think this was year two, three, I want to say for him. And he just never, um, was was available when when it was basketball season. So, but it, had he stayed healthy, um, he was an extremely athletic kid who played above the rim. So, um, that, that that's my comment on those two. Um, you guys seen any anything? I you know this is where I wish uh, you know Marcus always keeps us updated. And there's so much going on in football. Uh, anything in terms of football recruiting news? I mean, Coach Riz is is always – I mean, there's a lot going on there. Um, you know, anything in particular that you guys have seen on the football recruiting side of things that kind of caught your eye that was like, yo, we need to – that that's big, you know. Well, Jalen Brown – Go ahead, Cole. Go ahead. The uh, only Jaylen thing Brown that I from- – the only thing that I had that I was going to add about the football recruiting was that um, I noticed that we seem to be targeting for this uh, fall, targeting JUCO and transfer O-linemen, which I do think is our probably our weakest area right now coming out of uh, spring ball. So, uh, um, I, you know, Rez and the coaches doing a great job. I know they – you got Jamborees all this week across the state. They've been everywhere. They have a football camp coming up early June. Um, they have uh, another um, camp with uh, the other HBCUs in Florida at the end of the month. So, you know, they're, they're active. They're doing their thing, um, you know, covering the state and so forth. Um, and we've offered a lot of four, five, three-star kids, you know, uh, we, we're shooting our shot, so to speak. So I, I appreciate that. And um, I do think that we'll, you know, 
pay off with some dividends later on down the road. But I, I'm interested to see the 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 four to six kids we're going to sign in between now and the fall because I believe we're going to be relying on those kids to actually come in and, and play. Uh, and I think most of them are going to be old linemen. Kofi, what did you want to add? You mentioned uh, Jalen Brown. I'm just seeing something in the chat room about him. Yeah, he's from uh, Lake City, Columbia, which is an outstanding traditional program in the state of Florida, and he's a 200-pound back. So that solidifies the backfield a little bit more um, with the team. I want to say, you know, just really for me – because you don't want to see people get on the hot seat. But obviously, um, women's basketball is something that we have to get right, you know, just really going forward. And uh, I think she's a brilliant personality. I think she's, um, you know, got the pedigree. But, you know, recruiting is a big deal. And so right now with the portal the way that it is, with Jackson State basically leading the way, the way that they are with their team and the people that they have, you cannot drop the ball. Now, again, the hope is really with Florida is we really do um, have access to a number of quality programs in the state that are not far away from FAMU. Um, In fact, right down the street with FAMU High, you know, family oh, DRS. Oh, really? Shut up, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> Say what? I no, told Scotty, going. You oh. shut up. <laughs> Look, it's the truth. You know, you might need some ugly people to get out there and, you know, some, uh, you know, get some Stop girls it. with no teeth and Stop it. Stop no it. hair. And, you know, get out there, you know, and do something about you. Anyway, uh, you know, Jackson State, I was going to say something really bad, but I'm not going to say it. See, I'm on that fast. No. See, the Lord just gripped me. So I'm going to stay focused Good. on what I was saying. Anyway, yes, um, there are programs right down the street with FAMU, DRS, Florida High, Rickards High. Even if you look at um, the Jacksonville schools with the Potter's House, Reball. These schools just won a national, um, with a national championship uh, in in high school basketball just a couple of years ago. And I haven't seen us sign one player from Reebok in a long time. You know, that Orange Park girl, you know, no disrespect. No disrespect to the Orange Park young lady that's coming to be a part of the squad. But if you want to get some ballers from, from Duval, you have to go to the hood. You have to go over there to, to Reebok and uh, Reigns. You got to get over there around uh, that area over there. Them girls over there can play. Potter's House, they can well, play. Hold on, Kofi. Where, where? Okay, if they're not coming to FAMU, where are they going? Everywhere are they going anywhere? Because we don't have – yeah, they're going to D1 programs like University of Florida – um, Florida State, okay. South Carolina. We 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 not even trying. I, I don't want to say we ain't trying. But FAMU has way too many deep connections in Jacksonville for us not to be able to get one player. We are right down the street from FAMU DRS, and we can't get one. 
Like, give me a freaking break. Like, stop. All right. So maybe maybe we need to get uh, – can Coach Pillow, can she go to the uh, 220 club? Is she allowed? Coach Pillow better – hurt. listen, let me tell you like this. Coach Pillow has to produce, and I, I think she's a great coach in the making, but she's not great right now. And What's the, the reality expectation? Is, what is the expectation win. level? She listen. Well, what, she has what is that? Five hundred? It's five hundred winning. Nope. We only won what? That's not eight. winning. Five hundred is not winning. Five hundred is average. Five hundred is average. You don't come to fam. You so and coach above. women's a basketball game above average. No. A game above. She has to be at least three games above high five hundred. And let me finish my statement since I was so rudely interrupted I'm and everything. Sorry. I'm let, sorry. All Go right. Ahead. So we're on the verge of getting a new AD. Okay, a new AD is going to come in and they're going to be looking at what's working and what's not. Obviously, there are certain programs that are running on high, but she's not. And I'm not convinced that, you know, just based off what I've seen from recruiting, based off what I've seen from marketing, that she's pushing that button to really push forward. Not when we had somebody right down the street at FAMU DRS that could really coach. Not we had a TCC coach that, that won a national title. Are you kidding me? We just glossed over that dude, and we just, you know, come on, man. Like common sense stuff. And he was he was definitely, definitely interested. Uh, so, so so there's a lot of good basketball played in in in, in North Florida and 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 um, the Panhandle a lot and from the. Quest. From 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 the um, community college level, from the high school level, so so w- we have to put a better product out. I, I do agree with that, and um, this is the year to see that growth, that improvement. All right, I I, I think sometimes you, I, I mean I you know I sometimes I think you guys have your your FAMU DRS state of Florida. Sunshades, They'd already be there. That's what I'm just saying. So let me stop. No, that's not. Uh, you have to go down there. You have to go down there. You have to recruit. Okay. It's making me curious as to why, like, what is the big deal? Are we taking them for granted? Because for a long time, even with from the football standpoint, we weren't getting certain players because we weren't even going after certain players. We weren't even hey. going after a recruiter. Then Coach, Coach Simmons comes in, and he's going after – Top level athletes from around the country, you know, from especially in this area, especially in this area, he's establishing relationships, and now we're seeing um, dividends or results with that because he has a program and he's got people on. This was even before Coach Devin even got there. So I love Coach Pillow. I think she's very attractive and everything. I think she dresses nice. I think she's the best looking coach in the swag. However, girl, you better win. I'm trying to tell you, girl, you better get on up right, here and, and get us some dunkers or somebody. 
Get us some ball head women be, with some gold teeth or something that can take that ball to the hook. Right, I got you. No, no, no. We just want to see a good product. Uh, stop, stop being dismissive now, Brian. If you watch, if you looked at our record the last seven years, eight years, long before Coach Pillow, and you you ain't sat through them games, you you from afar. I've I, as a season ticket holder, I've sat through them games, man. It's painful. It's ugly. I'm tired of that. I need better. I spend we don't, period. Look, look, we don't have to go to Kentucky and South Carolina and get these players. You got five. Look, one, two, three, four, five. Five people. You can find five people in this Big Bend area from here to Jacksonville that can ball out. And I'm talking about straight ball. Five. All right. Um, one of the things that I, I would like to transition to as we talk about recruits and our and our as student athletes is something that I saw uh, that started making its rounds over the past 24 or 48 hours. Uh, it came from actually one of our own, uh, one of our own Rattlers, uh, none other than public enemy number one on Twitter. Uh, somehow the debate about the playoffs versus the Celebration Bowl started running amok out in these uh, HBCU uh, sports streets. media streets. Yeah. And uh, none other than uh, uh, Public Enemy number one, a.k.a. Uh, at throw it, throw it up to 88, um, chimes in to, to the discussion – as a player, and uh, one of his tweets that I bookmarked uh, that he said, playoffs over Celebration Bowl, and I know I'm not the only one, the only guy who thinks like this. Why settle for the HBCU championship that is voted on after a bowl game where the two best HBCUs rarely play each other when we could just win the whole FCS and be the best in D1 FCS? Uh you know, shout out to uh, Off Script uh, because I did hear the young man call Scotty's show this morning. And, uh, you know, in talking about players wanting to be in the FCS playoffs, uh, and, and it brings up that whole debate again about FCS playoffs versus the celebration bowl and does not being in the playoffs somehow make us less than wanting to be great and not respecting or not understanding what the players want. And so I guess now that there's this big buzz afoot for, you know, we're getting all these transfers and four stars and a five star has gone to an F, uh, HBCU. Uh, what's your take, gentlemen? I mean, is is well, throwing up to eighty eight? I mean, right? What's your what's your uh, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first off, from from the time you play pee wee football all the way up to to college, you're basically in playoffs. Pee wee has playoffs. Pee wee has playoffs. Okay. Yeah. High junior high school football has playoffs. High school football. Everybody has doesn't playoffs. get to go though. Everybody doesn't always get to go. 
If you don't go, that's your fault. Your team sucks. You didn't get to go to okay. the playoffs. Okay. You didn't get back. All right. We, we All don't right. believe in participation trophies. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. Now, let me let me say this. I think that the celebration bowl obviously has benefits financially. Um the the NCAA uh and the people that govern FCS, um, who is this Aggie? H A N T Roy. We're not butthurt. We we beat y'all the last couple of times, so you're not even in the conversation. I don't even know why you are even in here with y'all raggedy self sitting up here talking about some mess about rattlers. Fam, you is a better school than North Carolina Aggie, whatever y'all is. What is a darn Aggie that. anyway? Keep going. Keep going. Right. Ignore the anyway, Aggie. No one cares about Aggie Friday anymore. Running run his, his mouth. They lost the last two times. I don't understand why. If they can't do math. And they, Man, they lost the mortgage. They lost the Morgan State they twice, lost the Morgan man. State why, why, and fam, you the why, last why, why are we even talking about them, man? <laughs> right. Yeah, get get on it. Can we block him, like, remove him? Anyway, <laughs> you don't have nothing else better to do. Let me, I just had to do that little station break for a second. This sorry tales, sitting up there losing to Morgan State. And then first year, they blamed it on, uh, they blamed it on the storm. Then, then fam, you came in and beat their tail. Then, they lost again in Morgan. <laughs> lost again. You know, sitting up there running their mouth and got beat. Show me my money. Come on. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Show me my money. Pay me my money. We're going to pay you this air whooping. That's what we're going to do again. All right. Now. <laughs> All right. So. Let me let me just say this. All right. So when we had uh I was on off script show and Bishop Bonnet called in. And Bishop was like, bro, you know, playoffs and celebration, playoffs. You know, even though we got beat, even though we got Molly Watt by Southeastern Louisiana, the score is not totally indicative of everything that happened in that game. If we stop giving away just dumb, dumb points off of special teams, and we go in there, we actually run the ball. We gave away 14, really 21 points off of special teams errors and, and fake punts and just stupid stuff. You know, you actually, that wasn't the real uh, family squad, but you need that level of experience if you're going to play at a higher level. Blowouts happen all the time. The next round, Southeastern Louisiana got blown out by James Madison. What yeah, FAMU and other HBCUs need to do if they are serious about going to the next level in FCS playoffs is invest more money into your program or sit down. You're not going oh. to win a national title with anything less than 15, within less than a 15 or 16 million dollar investment in your athletic program. If you're not going to step up and pay that amount, you might as well just continue to go to the Celebration Bowl and pray that nothing happens to Dion, uh, who is the voice of HBCU football right now. Um, it's very important, you know, that you don't take these recruits for granted. Um, and then in addition to that, you've got you've to gotta establish the alums have to establish a NIL program or a NIL collective program for their schools and for the student athletes that are representing their respective schools. 
can we do $50 million for a player? I think that that's absurd considering that they're just still amateurs. But you have to be able to get in the ball game on some level to be able to assist our athletes where we can. And it's, you know, for FAMU not to have a collective given all of the gifted people that we have in our respective, in their respective genres is absolutely absurd. I think we're behind the eight ball, but hey, it only takes a second to really get this stuff gone and really going. So let me just repeat that again. If we are not going to invest at least 15, 16 million dollars, and this goes towards HBCUs around the world or in the United States where we only play football. If you're not going to invest 15 to 16 million dollars, you, you might as well just continue to play Celebration Bowl. And I don't even know how we're going to continue to do that if the MEAC doesn't solidify itself. And it seems like they got their little eight people. Seems like they got to eight people, but at any day now, any day, any moment, somebody can come along with an offer for one of these schools, and then the rest is history. I'm not convinced that they're out of the water yet, but we've got to get a 15 mil. This is for the BOT for those of you that are going to the National Alumni Association convention. The BOT is meeting either we are going to invest and be all in, increase student fees, or find some other ways to get to a $15 million, $15 million level, or we need to just shut up. And this really goes for everybody. We need all of that if we're going to be competitive. Hey, uh, Kelvin, before you jump in, and it, it's a nice transition that Kofi set up to that top 25 FCS budgets and bottom 25 that we were talking about. Let's take a short two-minute break, pay some bills, and come back and jump back into that discussion. You're watching the OG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll stay here. I, I, maybe our producer fell asleep. All right. So <laughs> that short little pause was for the podcast. So when the podcast goes to commercial, the podcast will go to commercial. We'll stay live on air. That's what we do. All right. So the transition that Kofi brought up, Kelvin, uh, we talked about top 25 budgets. So I agree 100% with you, Kofi. Money has to be invested into our athletic budgets if we are to compete with the top FCS programs. I know that's what a lot of y'all want. But right now, it's not happening for various factors. But let's just take a look at some of the names on the top 25 list. And uh, I'm just going to shout out. Uh, I, I came across this via uh, Ken Clark on Twitter, uh, a JSU guy. So, you know, I just want to give him his shot. Um, but he put this out, top 25 FCS. And, and just I'm just going to run down the names of schools and see if these names. And look. The, ask who you want. We'll go. The top number one is Delaware, forty-eight million. UC Davis, thirty-nine million. This is athletic budgets, right? Athletic budgets. Okay. Public universities, largest athletic budget slash revenue, uh, and all the way down to the smallest. So again, Delaware, UC Davis, Stony Brook, Sacramento State, thirty-four mil. Cal Poly, thirty-four mil. Coming back to the East Coast, William and Mary, 30. New Hampshire, 30. Rhode Island, 29. North Dakota, not North Dakota State, 
North Dakota at 29, and Illinois State, 28. That's the top 10. Missouri State, 28. Then here's your North Dakota State at 28 mil. Then you have Albany, Kennesaw, Towson, Northern Arizona. I'm still in the 24 million ballpark. Montana, Montana State, Maine. South Dakota State, very popular name, 22 million. East Tennessee State, South Dakota, Stephen F. Austin, 19. Lamar, We get the picture. We get the picture. We get the picture. Talk about the bottom 10 now. Bottom 10, man. Valley, 4 million. Alcorn, 6 million. Jackson State, 8 million. South Carolina State, 8 million. UAPB, 9. North Carolina Central, 9. Western Illinois, the only non-HBCU in the top 10 or bottom 10 at 9. Grambling at 10 million. That's 8. Good old FAMU, 9 with $10 million. And then Nichols with 10 mil. So Nichols ties in. Morgan State also with 10. Moorhead with 10. That's your that's your bottom twelve. So look at the schools that are sitting there in the bottom. And then if you if you go up a little bit, you've got Tennessee State is fourteenth lowest, Alabama State is sixteenth lowest, Texas Southern nineteenth lowest. I mean, what do you want? All right, make it make sense, Calvin. Well, I think y'all guys have said what I've been saying, and I I, I agree with you. You, you talked about – we had a, a discussion off air about, uh, you know, our out-of-conference record, HBCU's out-of-conference record against um, PWC, um, FCS schools. And all you got to do is just look at that budget. You're talking $20, $30, 40000000 million budgets and then a eight, $8 to $10 million budget. We ain't serious. We ain't in the game. I mean – yeah, from one, once in every 10, 15 years, we might can rise up and and win. But to have a sustained program that can win year in, year out, we got to up our revenue. And it's not just the money part of it, right? We got, we got to do that part. But also, we have to have non-athletic people not have influence over athletics. We have to have qualified athletic directors with experience and we have to let them do their damn job. All right? Simple as that. If, if we if we want to just be black college champs, then then keep doing what we're doing and isolating ourselves. But if you want to take this momentum and this opportunity, frankly, with with uh what the NCAA is doing by deregulation in terms of you know roster management moves and and um, the uh, NIL legislature is a lot, th- a lot of things shifting again in in athletics. Um, and there's an opportunity for us to be more. We have uh, top athletes again considering HBCUs and coming to HBCUs, choosing HBCUs, even with what our budgets and facilities are are right now. So we have an opportunity to again rise to that elite level. The question is, do we have the vision and leadership and do we have the commitment to do it? 
That's what mm-hmm. I want to see. I want us to be the best, just like we compete for the best students and we produce, um, you know, the greatest share of PhDs and so forth out of HBCUs and professional black professionals. HBCUs do that, a great job of that. And I want to see us to do it, but I want us to, to do that in everything we do. If we're going to spend millions of dollars and $10 million, be the best at it. So we, we talked about the, uh, the strategic plan that didn't mention athletics at all specifically that, that, that was posted on the, on the website. We, we, we got to do better. We got to demand better. They didn't really address recruitment either. You know, um, it was all academic from yeah. a tactic. Yeah. From an aggressive standpoint. But if you're talking about increasing or generating more revenue for, um, for your school, you need more students. So, you know, this whole misnomer about capping out at 8,000 or 9,000 students is crazy. And it's, it's asinine. And again, this is partially what made people mad at Omira Mangleman. I'm just shocked that not enough people are in an uproar about this with uh, Dr. Larry Robinson. So, you know, we've got to do more. This is an election year. This is why we've got to do uh, our due diligence to do whatever we have to do to turn the state of Florida blue so that we can get our decision makers that help to govern and provide funds for our university to uh, bring the necessary ship for us to go to the next level. It's not going to happen by us just sitting online and just talking about it. We literally have to be about it right now. And I'm talking about it right now. The, uh, the, the gap between the 25th school that was part of the most and the 25th school that was part of the least is only, only $5 million. You know, we're talking... 19 million brings you into the 25th spot of the top, you know, top 20, top 25, 14 million puts you at number 25 of the bottom 25. So there you are talking about what a $5 million gap. You know, um, I saw somebody ask which, which are the top HBCUs. Um, I don't, you know, if I'm just looking at this, I don't know, obviously, Delaware State comes in at 14 million, Texas Southern 13, Alabama State 12 million. Delaware State has a 14 million dollar. According to these numbers, yes. From 20, and these are, you know, they don't even generate revenue for their games. Their stadium seats like 6,000 people. So they subsidize, they're highly subsidized up there because they isolated. Uh, from a lot of their yeah. counterparts. So they, they don't generate that revenue. That's what they, uh expenses are. That's how much they budget for their athletic um, competition. And, you know, they got odd sports. Like, uh, I want to say they got, like, equestrian or something like that because they're up north. They have some 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 unique sports, too. But they, they are highly right. subsidized. Yeah. Let me, let me say this, too, all right? I know beyond a shadow of doubt, okay, for – even for FAMU right now, without having a men's tennis team, which I think is crazy because they help the APR. But not only that, they bring championships. Um, You know, you have to invest in that. But 
you need another revenue generating sport, soccer at FAMU would be huge. Even men's volleyball on some level would be quite Tied. interesting. Title nine, title nine. The issue is because of the makeup of our university and how much, how much, how many more uh, females we have, we have to meet title nine compliance. So therefore, we cannot eliminate any women's sport. And if you add a men's sport, you have to add a women's sport. So there is a we can do men's and women's soccer. That there is a but there's a cost to that. We we're already talking about cost issues right now with what we have, Kofi. Um, I, I don't disagree. It would be nice. It's a good idea. But we got to fix where we are right now and, and budget for what we are now before we start adding stuff. Let's master where we are now. That's, that would be my advice. Um, coming up June 1st and 2nd, uh, beginning yeah. of the next month, we got the Board of Trustees meeting. Um, National Alumni Association meeting. We've we've given you the charge. Those of you who have joined Kofi in the fast, we we know what's at stake. We still haven't have it. Has anybody heard any any latest info regarding the exec exec the the eighteen member the FAMU eighteen and the the executive now you know, committee? You, you are. You trying to get us to to say bad stuff, and I've been no, calm all night. No. Yeah, so you trying no, to get me no, to trying to get me going. You know them. I just, I, there's a reason why I left it for the last ten minutes of the show because I knew there wasn't anything out there. I just thought I'd ask the question. Maybe somebody had heard something. So, so I, I was heard right, something was supposed to, they, they they were supposed to meet sometime this week, maybe tomorrow. But I haven't heard any follow up about that, uh, so uh, that's a problem. That's a problem. We need more transparency. We need communication. We need to know that this committee is being led correctly and they know what they're doing. So I will be inquiring, and I would definitely have some kind of information next Wednesday. You can we're gonna, we gonna start the show with it. <laughs> and, and I'm and I they I need to be able to give us a full timetable, bro. I'm hoping that uh, my my request to uh, Dr. Uh, Friday Stroud, hopefully she will make the make the venture to come on to the show and give us an update. I, I would love for her. Uh, and obviously, I don't know, have any of you guys done the uh, the FAMU oral history project that uh, that that is up there being run by, uh, uh, I believe, the uh, foundation and the. Uh, I know Dr. Stroud, Friday Stroud's name is on that. Um, but, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I think it'd be a good conversation if she came on. Uh, so anybody who knows her, feel free to to drop a hint and say, hey, don't ignore uh, the email opportunity to come on the show and tell us a little bit about what the plans are, what the schedule's like. <clears throat> but there has to be some sort of voice with this alumni convention. Now, why are you shaking your head, Kobe? Don't shake your head. You are, just keep Tip riding. Don't look at me. Keep going because you don't I want me to jump in right now. Keep going. Give me a, give me a two-shot deal where I only see Kelvin because <laughs> every time I look at you, I see that look of dismissal. 
But no, look, folks, um, how many weeks away are we, Kelvin, from the Alumni Association coming to Tallahassee? Two weeks? Yeah, it's Two the first weeks. week in June. Two weeks. Board of, board of Trustees meeting and a National Alumni Convention. What are you going to do, Rattler Nation? Are you going to tighten up again? Are you going to tighten up? Are you going to pucker up your cheeks again when they tell you how great and all the good things Dr. Robinson has done, which he has done some great things, but we understand where we're at. If folk, nah, no, you don't get to say anything. You don't get to say anything. You can wave. Are you going to stand there? You're going to pucker up and get tight, or are you going to actually go and issue the vote of no confidence? Are you going to actually go out and say, we don't like where we are. We don't like where things are going. Who is going to change them? Why haven't they been changed? Or are we just going to come together, unify, you know, fundraise? Are we going to dance and get suited up and, and look all pretty and nice in some nice suits and beautiful dresses and drink cognac and, and talk about the bright future of FAMU? Or are, we gonna, are things going to actually change? Well, it'll change when we change it, but there has to be a focus. And just to be honest, unfortunately, we're just at a confrontational state right now where certain questions and certain things have to be confronted if they are going to change. It's not going to change without the confrontation because, you know, they, these things yeah, are are necessary. Here's what's what I don't guys. want I have... to be... I'm sorry, go ahead, Kofi. Let me say this and I'll be done. What I don't want it to be is just a, a mess of just emotional place. And we don't need that. We don't need emotion. We need strategy. We need strategy. We need focus. We need strategy. And at the end of the day, we also need unity. But right now, there's some things that have to be confronted because there are some very serious questions about the whole institutional control thing that has to be addressed uh, in order for us to go to the next level. Um, and as well as our mindsets as it pertains to people who, um, yeah, I want to say these various family groups that look to um, control the university. Influence is a part of the process. I get it. Influence is great. But the difference is we need the people that are in authority to utilize that authority for the benefit of FAMU. I, I, I've been asked by, by several people to dig more into the story about Representative Alexander and, and why. What was his influence on FAMU and FAMU athletics? I've had multiple people ask, and, and you know what? Maybe we should. Maybe I should. You know? I mean, again, to, to, to what benefit? To what benefit? Well, if it exposes a system that is not operating in the best benefit of the university, then maybe that's what needs to be put out there. You know? Because I'll tell you what, at some point, I thought about schools who who sort of take care of their own, guys. You know, 
And I thought, and, and this hit me when I was watching Michael Smith up there, man of the people. And I got to thinking, and go back and look at the history. We put the, we put the we put it up there. How many previous ads and presidents? How many of those people were 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 us? Were rattlers? True blood, orange and green, cut from the cloth, spent time on the set in the orange room, in Coleman, walking up and down hills to get an education. How many of those people were there? And I got to thinking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here advocating for Michael Smith, man of people, but I'm just saying at some point we have to get one of our own in that position. You know, I thought we should have had one of our own prior to Gaucher, but that's who they went with. Not a bad deal. We get a second chance at it. Will will we will we make a better decision? How about our president? Will our will our will the next president be someone who understands Florida AM University? Will it? I don't know. Other, you know, Kelvin. Other universities do that. They, 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 they get their own, and they pull their own in to keep their own moving forward. Hey, so let, let me say two things, Brian. Um, Go ahead. It's been a mixed bag with that when we have done it. Most of the time, it's interim positions. Um, there's plus and minus. What I really care about is competency people who are experienced and people who are seasoned enough to deal with difficult situations, right? FAMU is a place where you have to make hard decisions, where you have to make difficult decisions, but you have to do it in a way that's professional and you have to entertain some things and not be mad at the people when they come at you because that's just the way it is. That's our environment. You still have to treat them like family at the end of the day. So it's not an easy place to, to to administer number one, but but you have to be able to to stand your ground, and you have to not get caught up in the clicks in the, in the circles, right? You kind of have to be consistent, and 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 I, I've seen where you know you, you know they they maneuver to put inside people in. I mean, maybe maybe you know the previous AD wasn't a, a rattler. But he was orchestrated in by Rattlers, right? So, to me, it's more important that we have professionals who doing the, you know, when instead of having a search committee, I would much rather have a professional search firm that does nothing but solicit candidates for the AD position. Same thing when our president position come open. Get a professional firm. Let them give develop the criteria you want and all that good stuff, and then um, go through a process. Well, you know, whoever makes it through that process is qualified and capable of taking us to the next level, whether they rattlers or not. Because when they get here, they paycheck say they rattlers. Period. Well said. Um, as we get ready to close out the show, I want to remind everybody, uh, you can donate to the ONG strike zone right there in the chat, all the way at the top. I know it's a lot of conversations in the chat room, so that's be a hard scroll, 
But uh, pinned right there at the top is our link to uh, donate to the show. Uh, if you see there, there's a QR code. I don't know if that, if that how that works. If you're watching on your laptop, maybe you can scan it. Uh, you can also go to our Twitter feed at ONG Strike Zone. Pinned to the top of our page is a link to donate to the show. Again, thank you to those of you who have already made your donations and said, uh, you know, I'll be making a donation. And, and it's, it just it means a lot that uh, uh, you, you care enough to, to give us a, a cup of coffee. Um, I wanted to try to do and some of the things we're hoping to work on is maybe some some giveaways and some things like that. I wanted to try to find ways to encourage people to go out to the baseball game this weekend. You got three games, uh, any three games. I mean, if you go to every game, great, but go to one. Go to the first one, Thursday night. Go to fr- go Friday night. Take the family. Take the kids. You know, encourage some neighborhood kids to go. Um, be a part of this big weekend series so that we can get uh, some momentum back heading into the SWAC tournament. That's what we need. Um, want to remind you, if you're not following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, go make sure you do that at ONG Strike Zone. You can always send us an email, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on your Google or Apple Play Store. Search my JBM, my BCSN, and all of our shows get put on the BCSN Pod Zone. Available podcast everywhere. iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcast, you know, everywhere. So uh you can uh you can go download the podcast, BCSN Pod Zone. That's where it'll be. Uh I'll probably have it up sometime tomorrow. If I get it done tonight, it'll be ready in the morning for you. So those of you who like to listen to shows in the early part of your morning. Um, Kofi, final words here as we close the show. Um, let's stay vigilant, Rattlers. For those of you that are on the fast, thank you for joining us. Please encourage others to join us as well. Um, please keep in mind, even if you do not do the whole day, do something. Dedicate one hour, dedicate three hours to just focusing on this. I'll be listing. Um, the prayer points on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And if you have anything that you all wish to uh, add to it, we greatly appreciate it. These are very critical times uh, at Florida a University. And our key scripture is from Second uh, Chronicles 7 and 14. And it simply says, if my people, if FAMU, which is called by my name, would humble themselves. Let's get rid of all this pride and all this arrogance and all of this title stuff. Humble yourself and pray. Seek God who has the answer. Humble yourself and pray. Seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. There's some things that have happened on the highs of seven hills who are just straight up wicked. You know, uh, turn from our wicked ways. Then we will be able to hear from heaven. We need God to speak to us. We need God answers. We need God solutions. We need God interference. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will he forgive our sin and heal our land. And we need Rattler Nation to be healed in a major way. So this is our focus. This is our agenda to see God's best be poured out on the highest of seven hills like never before. And as we come together, I'm sure we're going to see that. God bless you. Well said, Kofi. Uh, What do you have, Kelvin? 
I don't think I need to follow that uh follow that with anything else. Uh amen to my brother Kelvin. Let's get in good trouble, uh, Rally Nation. Um we, we have to uh speak truth to power. We have to be a part of that vision and um it's going to come from us. It's not going to come from our elected leaders and and um you know people with titles again. I I keep harping on that. It's gonna come from us, and y'all, y'all stay with us, man. Y'all keep supporting us. We thank you for the support. Um, but but we need your we need your activity, your voice, so we can have a collective voice. Well said. Two weeks away, alumni association coming to Tallahassee. Uh, we got to make some changes. We got to make some things happen. Uh, two weeks away, folks. Literally this day. Hey, also happy three year anniversary. To our baseball team, this day three years ago, they won the MIAC championship uh, in 2019. So, congratulations, happy anniversary, and let's go, let's go win three games against Bethune, and then let's finish up, go to Birmingham, and let's bring out a title in our first year in the SWAC. So, uh, let's make it so, and that'll be it. So, for everyone watching on Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching. Shout out to our producer, Mel, uh, for all she did, hanging in there for a little overtime. Uh, it's all good uh, for my brothers, Kelvin, Kofi. Stay on the fast and uh, stay prayerful, fam. You be safe, be smart. Let's make sure we strike, strike hard, strike, strike, and strike again, fam. You peace out. I think we lost our producer. Did our producer like fall asleep? Right, well, I'm going to log off. <laughs> you always do. You always do. Man, what happened to our producer? I guess I got to have to call. She might have fell asleep there, Kevin. We in overtime now. We're just going to take questions until she goes out. Man, did she fall asleep? I hope she's okay. Yeah, I hope I so, too. Yeah, well, what's happening in the chat rooms? We're in overtime now. I don't know what we call this segment. The post show, the uh, the after party. So <laughs> I'm like, our producer, we live on the air, and she uh, at any moment it could close hey, out. Hey, so hey, I hope she didn't take take up that discussion we was having off air about that oh about that brown bottle. Oh my goodness, Jesus! Let me see. I may have to go into some back channels and cut the live feed here. I don't know where she is. You guys hanging in there. Uh, <laughs> make sure you hit that thumbs up. Those of you who are still in the chat room, chat, thumbs up. Hit it Hit it again. Hit it again. Hit that thumbs up. Let us know uh, you appreciate the show. Facebook, appreciate the show. I'm going to call Mel. I'm worried about my girl now. Mm-hmm.